we don't need to make another subgenre. Cough rhythm, cough. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, it's a subgenre now, I guess. But shade out there. <laughs> I mean, just to get the rhythm kids mad. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, well, fuck them all, bro. Let's be honest. You know, I know I, I'm friends with a lot of them. A lot of them are cool. A lot of them are mainly egotistical dicks. It is what it is. I stay away from the assholes, man. That's like the best thing. To yeah. Do. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I mean, I could, I always tell everybody. Rhythm is the techno version of dubstep. It's true because once you start listening to it for more than five minutes, you're like, all right, it's the same. Like you're just doing this the whole time. You're entranced by it. That's the point of it. That's the whole point of it. You know, like there's, (laughs) there's, there's nothing interesting about it, to be honest. Like there's besides the sound design, but that's really it. That's pretty much it. But even in the sound design, sometimes are even, it's very simplistic and it's just the same pattern over and over co- yeah. copy paste like throughout like yeah. that's what it is yeah so it's like to me no shade for anybody who listened to this but i feel that when you're making rhythm is like literally the easiest shit that you could ever make call it how it I, is i don't give a shit i honestly <laughs> rhythm is fucking I, easy because there's it's the same pattern copy paste uh, for 16 bars like and then on the on the other half yeah. it's just basically one Switch note higher or just pitch bend and then you're that's it. That's yeah. just pretty much it. Versus bros. I think I think it's very hard to make good rhythm. In the aspect where you make groundbreaking, like like for example, uh, you know, Akios. Yeah, Akios. Or even like Neonics, like mm. that type. I don't even know if you want to consider that rhythm anymore, but they kind of shook the floor with other rhythm artists when they started popping off more. And they were kind of doing more different things. I will say making rhythm is easy, but you can get really in depth with it. But you can also get really lost with it and say, fuck this shit. It's too boring. And that's what happens to me when I try to make rhythm. And I I, I knew real fast, as much as I love to double rhythm and like mm-hmm. play it out every now and then, I, I could not produce it because I, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to make the next groundbreaking like rhythm genre or track. Right, right. I don't know. Like, f- see, when you, you can it, really, you can really just get like a basic shapes and like FMA and yeah, just like want, 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 I made rhythm. <laughs> and then, and then give a little brief one, 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 I mean that, you know, there's, there's not, there's Definitely. not, there's nothing <laughs> like next level shit around it. You're just giving me wubs and that's yeah. it, you know. But it, when For you it, got, when you got people like what you say, Akios and and Leonids and these and there's, these there's other so guys, like name. there's so many. There's like so many. the thing about those guys is that their rhythm is is actually much more. They make it much more technical. Technical, yeah, unique. Interesting. They don't just give you the same pattern over. They actually give you like a little (laughs) stub breather. Like they give you a little growl or stab or chords or something on the side. So it doesn't make, so it doesn't sound like, oh, it's the same shit. Like, I mean, who does it better is fucking Virtual Riot. Like the motherfucker can just like make a fucking. He can make anything. That dude can make anything. It isn't like amazing. He's he's just a guy. He's just a god that like, wants a one human. You 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 really cannot touch him like at all like that. He's out of control. Like he even his samples have been used by Star Wars. Bro, like, oh bro, my god. Fuck? Like what the fuck, bro? What like, the fuck? All right, you've 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 produced you wrote the chords for a Justin Bieber's song. You're one of the best dubstep melodic like EDM in general like writers and producers. Now you're on Star Wars 2, dog. Like <laughs> like, can shit, we can man. we just put you on the Hall of Fame already? Yeah, seriously. Like, like, I, I don't know how he's not like even like excision level or Skrillex. Like in terms of popularity, mm, I feel like he definitely, yeah, definitely deserves. Yeah, more. see, I would put him at that level, but I agree. Like compared to I the know, incision yeah, see, I, I, and him, I like him, it, I like I put him I, above incision. Next yeah. to Skrillets, next to Sunboy, next like he's like, at that uh, god tier level. Yes, but you know, 
industry but, politics. <laughs> I feel like I feel like industry politics have something about it, and you know, and I, and I have when to I say industry politics, I say like in depth of like he doesn't, I, he deserves a way bigger following, and because of the following that he's at in the industry, they don't want to like put him in that pedestal like as he should be. And don't get me wrong, he is on a pedestal, but that pedestal should be like. 50,000 times bigger. Exactly. Exactly. Like, this guy is supposed to be, like, really up there right now. And it's, Like, every time he drops a song, everyone plays it. Everyone plays it. And his, or, his and first album. DJing, man. And his first his album first is, album, a, is yeah. about to come out right now. And the entire album is little be, literally an EDM album. One, actually, I think it's a second one. It, it is a second one? It's the second one, or he had like a major EP in 2016 or something like that. And it was very like melodic and also like um back then things were different. We we're doing complex drill and stuff right. like that. Oh, right, right, right. I remember. Yeah. I don't know. But I, this I, is I, this is his first modern album since like way back then. Yeah. And the fact that and it's like you said, it's all EDM. Yeah, it's all EDM. It's so it's basically like any jump rod of DJ can pick out a song from that album and they can play it. Mm -hmm. Or you can play it in the car and still jam the fuck out. Exactly, bro. And you know what? I'll tell you, like I put Virtual Rider in that God tier uh, territory as well. And I'm putting my boy Nitty as one of those people that's getting to that Skrillex level. 100%. 100%. And you know, I think going back to it, something that probably gave him that much I guess, I mean, I, I, I don't know Nitty and I don't know like what he's like now or what he was in the past, but I, I know for sure SAE definitely influenced him into like the mindset that you and I are both mm-hmm. kind of in. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, been grinding and like, you know, like he's had op- the opportunity and he's taken it because he's had like the chance like, and he's like great at what he does and it's worked out to his, you know, where he's at. And I feel like because of that mindset, that SAE kind of like teaches their or tries to teach their students, it kind of gets you to that level. You just have to like get there. Like, if you know what I mean, like yeah. industry wise. I agree. Um, if you watch one of my previous episodes, I interview him. And it's funny that you say that because I did ask him that question about like, do you believe that SAE, like going to the school, Further your career, like accelerate it, or do you think that you would still end up the same way without school? And he, and he his answer was, I, I, "Don't quote me, but I believe his answer. Like an, anybody can check out um the previous episode. It's like episode fifty eight with Nitty Gritty. Um, I believe he did say like he would have ended up with or without the school. It's just that in the school you meet so many people with so many backgrounds that." Exactly. That that expands your horizon. That, that he had, that expanded his horizon. Like it was through school that he managed to meet someone that met someone that knows uh, one of the Marlies and then got to the Marlies and, and got him to do the remits to skip Marley's music. I think you know? it's because one of one of the uh one of the teachers in that school, fuck, I forgot his name. And he's a damn good engineer. He he's recorded most of the Marlies. That's 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 what it was. It, it was I think it was one of those engineers, and then, and obviously he saw Nitty's potential and how great he is, and it was just like put literally two two together. And yeah, exactly. Like he said, he I know he he did say like going or not going to SAE would not slow him down. It, he still had the same goal. He just he knew he just needed like a little direction and. And want to spend his rice a little bit too, so he knows exactly what he wants. But yeah. I feel like, yeah, the SAE to, accelerated to, his to, process to get to that level where you're like Skrillex, uh, you know, Virtual Riot, like up there. Like you're not only making EDM at that point, and no. you have to have your you have yeah. to have your like mind shaped yeah. completely different. And you know, most people like if if you're only thinking of like EDM, like that's not. Like if you expand your mind past EDM, even as just a producer, you will make one a lot of money and two gain a lot of experience. Yeah. Three can you can like now put into your music, like now knowing all this background of all this new music that you're like working with and learning, you know? I agree, bro. And that that puts you at that level. Like, you know, 
look at Skrillex. He's uh, when he dropped a song with Jay Balvin, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Coming from someone who lives in in Hialeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> and he and listening to like, those Hialeah folks listening to Jay Balvin and Skrillex. Exactly, you know, like yeah, I'm, I'll wild. just be that's chilling wild. at like I'll just be chilling in like I don't know, like I'm just chilling in a friend's backyard, and like someone's neighbor is just like in the distance blasting right. music, and you'll hear dancing in the ghetto, like that song. I'm like, bro, who the fuck is that? And they don't like give a shit that it's Skrillex, it's J Balvin, to yeah. Them, but I'm like, damn, like that's how much cultural impact it has. That he's like, you know, he has his mind expanded. That he's not like, I'm not gonna work with this dude because i don't like it's that type of music fuck that shit exactly I, i think that's something also about sae that i mean they i i always knew that i could expand to that but they're like hey you should really really look at everything you have on the table i agree it's like it's one of those times in which one of these um professors says like you don't know what may happen in the future like you don't know where you may end up maybe Music production wasn't in it for you, but you still ended up working on a great job that makes a lot of money doing this uh, or yeah. doing that. And it's because of you n- learning how to do this is why you're here, you know? 100%. Exactly. I mean, it's bending your yeah. horizons, bro. That's pretty much it. I mean, as far as as far as my life's concerned, I've always want to be part of audio. Like it, anything that was audio Same. related, like my whole Man, life before, was all about Before that. audio school, when my friend was trying to like record himself and he couldn't, I would just be, I would like, this was like 11th grade high school. I would be like, yo, I have like my shitty laptop with Ableton. I can come over and like record you. Like you're my boy. Like why yeah. the fuck wouldn't I? Like from that moment, I was like, I, this is the path I'm choosing. Like, I, I love this shit so much that yeah. I'm doing it for other people, you know? What uh, was it that prompted you to, you know, to get more involved in this audio world? Prior to SAE, I didn't know or have the intention of getting a job, mainly because, again, I didn't, like, really know. Like, I, I knew about the audio world, mm. but I didn't know how in-depth you can get with the career side of things. Mm. um, Like, the behind the scenes of everything. Right. So I knew I wanted to be audio involved when I was, you know, producing my own shitty tracks when I was beginning. And like, you know, I knew Ableton and how to like hit record and like how to set up audio interfaces. So I would bring Mm. like microphones and stuff like that, that I would have to my friend's house to record him for his own music. At that point, I definitely knew I wanted to do audio. I just didn't know how to make it into a career. Once I got into SAE, I was like, for sure, for sure. Like audio like i i want to do this and now i know how like in the terms of the career side of things like how to make it a career and like yeah so i guess you can say like at that moment when i started producing more uh for my friends when i was like 16 17 that i was like okay this is definitely like audio in general like wherever this takes me i want to do it and what actually what type of music actually got you in general that you know that you started off with all this I think it's like really funny, but I was like that one like 13 year old, 14 year old that heard dubstep. And I was like, I want to like, I need to know how this, like how Skrillex made scary monsters. Yeah. And like, how, the, how do you go about making that? I didn't know what a doll was. I didn't know what a synth was. Mm-hmm. Like I knew, I knew about like stuff like Daft Punk and like even Dead Mouse, mm-hmm. but more of his uh, vocal stuff, not like, is just instrumental music and then when i when i really found skrillex and like discovered dubstep out of as a whole like ukf like their compilations that they would post and stuff like that i was like holy shit how do you do this and i that urged me to explore audio and i guess like production so what what genre really tends you to incline the most I want to say bass music as a whole because mm. I don't want to say just dubstep because now like you can't really just say dubstep since it's evolved into so many different things. Yeah. Um. So I just mainly say bass music because you can include everything from yeah. like dubstep, mid-tempo, from drum, drum and bass, bass, like future, future bass, bass, trap, trap house yeah. music, you know, like if you want to include house music. I mean, the house that. part will be like the, more the bass, bass house. house. Yeah. yeah. I do enjoy house, but like mainly what brings me to like 
produces like you know i'm I'm in my car and i'm like driving and i'm like i'm like fuck that's so good or like you know you're at a festival and you're like yeah, god yeah, damn yeah, like yeah. not that i strive to because i don't even when i'm producing i'm not even in the mindset of what i'm going to be playing out or what another dj is going to be playing out but it just encourages me more to make weird shit like that but i will say metal also like inclines me mm. to produce um bring different elements into when i'm making like bass music i don't want to say like super hardcore influence like you know like sullivan king or big and slim which i know you also interviewed yeah um Shout out to my homies, man. Like, I'll always try to sneak something in if it's guitar or like I in this new track that I, depending on how the artwork takes to get delivered this in September, which is coming now in the break, I just I, I literally just started putting like double pedaling the kicks in the break of the song so i was like this oh. is cool. i've never just i'm not nothing like insane like hardcore like metal breakdown after right. the dubstep. literally just like uh, a guitar solo like a basic guitar solo that i wrote that i liked a lot yeah and i just like double kick like drum, 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 you know like i just stuff that that you know i try to include so yeah metal definitely inclines me to produce weird shit as well and I think that's that's what I like about metal too is that there's been a lot of experimenting. I don't know if you listen to metal or if you've like heard a lot of metal, but like throughout the years, it's just evolved kind of like dubstep. Okay. Or bass music in general. I would say if not more, but you can't just like, I, if you want to compare metal to dubstep, then you would have to say like electronic music in general because they're both genres have been, you know, Merged. have been here for a while. I mean, you got what we call metal step. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, my background with music is uh, it's a variety, to be honest, you know, but I do. I am always heavy influenced by rock music, like especially the punk rock. My two favorite albums from the punk, punk rock Rock's fire too. is um, Blink-182 and Linkin Park. And Linkin Park yeah. is not a punk. It's I more alternative, rock. but if it wasn't for Linkin Park, I definitely wouldn't be here too. <laughs> Linkin Park was basically my first rock album ever. And that was in the Same. sixth grade when I was given the Hybrid Fury album. That was like, ooh. really? Uh, bro, I'm I, old. I'm I an old gifted, guy. I was, I was gifted when I was in elementary i want to say meteora the album like the physical CD. oh wow and like I, I i love hybrid theory but like just because of that like meteora will always be like my favorite album mm. from them but like that was like my introduction to like Dude. holy shit i really like this because <laughs> I, I i come from uh, uh my parents are cuban our family is cuban like we're hispanic yeah. like you know i was born here but i'm from Cuban descent, like right. you grow up listening to a lot of salsa, merengue, bachata, reggaeton. reggaeton. And you'd be surprised because a lot of Latin people also love stuff like, you know, like Michael Jackson and yeah. like, you know, all these old pop like stuff. Biggies so you hear that a lot. And yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I appreciate a lot of that stuff. I listened to a whole bunch of it growing up and even now, you know, like, especially living in Hialeah. But when I got gifted that like rock album, I was like, holy shit, this is it. <laughs> I'm sure you had a, a moment like that, too. Uh, I, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico for 25 years. Okay. And then I, I moved here seven, seven years ago. So I'm in, my, I'm in my 30s right now. And yeah, I basically got influenced, especially when I was a DJ. I used to DJ a lot at proms, at weddings, a okay. lot of weddings to be precise. And, and afters and clubs and bars. Yeah, and <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like, bro, like the whole thing that I, oh, I got to play salsa. I got to play merengue. I got to yeah. play this. I got to play that. Hey, I got a little bit of reggaeton here and there, that, you know. That I, growing up in a Latin household and also being DJ, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. One thing that helped me out a lot about that is reading the crowd. Oh, even yeah. if it's just your family, even oh, if it's yeah. just your family, the oh, fact yeah. that you can have your family like in the palm of your hand just because of the music that you're playing, like you you know what you're doing. I think <laughs> especially that... if you're gonna go into like the nightlife like scene. Yeah, if you play if you play the like just one wrong track like the it whole crowd is the like vibe. all right i'm yep 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. much of, most of my success here in, in all the Florida shows and festivals is because of me knowing how to read the crowd. Like, usually I'm I'm always prepared with a, with a playlist. Like, I know more or less Same. what I'm playing what from beginning want. to end and like what I want. And then... You know how many songs you're going to play in a set? So you put like, like, a, like a bit more than that. So you yeah. have a, a lot more variety. Yeah. And then... That's and, what I do too. And then from and then based of what I'm playing, I I see the crowd, I read it, and if there's like a song that's not really catching it, I switch it up really quickly into something, and then grabs the crowd's attention, and they'll be like, "Whoa, what the fuck? What just happened? Like, what are yeah. you doing?" And I and then I and then I grab their attention, crank I crank it up, and then just like go nuts, and that's where I yeah. like I fuck everything up, bro. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I will say. There's, it's, it's, a, I wouldn't say a lot easier because technically sometimes it isn't depending on your setting, mm. but for the most part, especially if you go to a dubstep show, right. like from the beginning to the end, it's, it's like, if you can go hard, like the, everybody does, like everybody will be jamming out. Right. But you just have to learn when are you going to go yeah. out, you know, because sometimes you don't even want to overkill it. I think one of the the best things especially like talking about dubstep crowds to do and like also talking about reading mm. crowd throwing throwing like uh like a curveball at the crowd always gets some like you're playing heavy dubstep it's going to like a build up after a heavy drop yeah. and you play like an experimental bass song that's like in the same tempo that like yeah. everyone's like what the fuck like like or you just play like you know something completely different like a peekaboo song for example after playing like a bunch of never say die songs you know that are like just straight hardcore dubstep and then you play something a little different like yes Seekaboo, wakan that always gets the crowd to go ooh, and you hear it every time too oh the best way I, how i do it is the way i taught needy how to dj is basically i uh, my set becomes a multi-genre set like mostly it emphasizes the dubstep so I start with dubstep and then I somehow switch it to some bass house, some complexer around there just to okay. spike shit up. And then for some reason, it landed on some jersey, on some festival trap. And then we got some trap, some hybrid trap. And then I build my way up again to some heavy hitter dubstep and then finish it up with some melodic dubstep or future rhythm, whatever the new genre has been it's called. <laughs> the yeah. new melodic genre. Yeah, like whatever that meant, the color base, like whatever. Like I always finish yeah. it up and then... That's a good name, color base. Yeah. I like that. And I always will always finish it up with the one song that actually popped me off in the scene. Like the one song that, you know, that started my career off. And it's the collaboration I did with Big and Slim, Granada. I, I actually did hear that. I've heard it several times when you put it on SoundCloud. You guys had a... I think you put it up on EDM.com too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was posted on EDM.com. You know, it got a lot of following, a lot of attention from, from it. And Adventure Club played that song on Lollapalooza, which is really fuck. Yeah. Dude, we were huge. Lollapalooza's. And the thing is that they played it twice on on Lollapalooza and another festival. And me and Biggest Thing were just like, whoa, what the fuck? And the crowd was just going nuts when they You're performed just that song. There. <laughs> I was just like, "What? Oh, the hell fuck? yeah, man! I think that's uh, that must feel really fucking amazing, dude. I mean, I've I've heard my like friends that play like really big slots will be like, "Fuck y'all, players' song," you know? Like I do the same thing, but I can imagine like a huge artist just like oh. The sensation, shit, the sensation I, is I, I am telling you, I cannot wait for that day. <laughs> it'll happen. It'll happen, like, bro. Shit. It'll oh, happen. I know. I'm with a bunch of if you if I keep on grinding, it'll happen. Absolutely. Nothing's not nothing's impossible. Absolutely. And I think that's bro. that's a lot of uh a big mistake that a lot of newcomers make. They get short-sighted or nearsighted and they don't think like you have to be when you're doing this audio EDM production or not like audio in general. It's all about the longevity. Play the long run. Yes. Play mm-hmm. the long run. You have to be patient about it because it's not nothing just going to go off yeah. right from the get go like that. Like, no, exactly. it takes time, bro. It takes more grinding. And 
And believe it or not, maybe right now it's not taking up because maybe the music, your music is not there or is not good enough. Yeah, not to say that course, your music is no, awful course, or bad. It's just that you have it, but it's not there. So you just need exactly. to keep working, keep, keep grinding. grinding. Keep and in, working, and yep. if you see yourself the trajectory from your first song that you ever released to all the way to the song that you have right now, you can see oh, like how, how far you come along. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the the biggest piece of knowledge to have when doing this is knowing that like it's not about tomorrow or next week or even the month after. It's like five years from now, I'm not going to be at this level. And if you tell that to yourself and you know that you are not going to be at this level because you're going to do everything it takes to not be at this level in five years. I agree. I agree. And that's the biggest thing that I'll, I, I try to tell this to all my friends, like music world or not, just like life advice. I just so happens that I have a lot of friends in the EDM world because that's where my life is at. Mm -hmm. I try to tell that to everyone like, hey, like, you know, like it sucks now. Like, but like, you know, you're going to get there. Just keep busting your ass. And I don't say that as like, you know, like sarcastic or cocky or like sounding like a douchebag. No. Like, you know, it's better said than done. But like once you accept that fact, that's it. Like yes. what can stop you but yourself? Yes. And I'm living proof of that. I'm living proof. Like, bro, you, what you guys got an advantage that I didn't have is that you guys are from here. You guys got people. You guys got friends that are into it. Yeah. None of my friends were here when I moved in here. I was all by myself, you know, with me and my roommate. That was it. Like, I didn't have any of yeah. my friends that were into EDM. And most of my friends were already grew out of EDM. So basically, I yeah. was by myself. And yeah. I said to myself, after I went ultra for the first time in my life, I said to myself, like, I'm going to perform. Like, from here in, in five years, like you said, I'm going to perform at a festival. For sure. I'm going to be headlining. I'm going to be performing. I will achieve some sort of uh, way. Like, I'm going to be there. You know what? That same year that I went to Ultra, that same year I worked with Lucho and Apex. Back then it was called Committee Events. I work on their Life in Color. Yeah. And I... They my, did a lot of cinema events with them. Yeah. Time. My first show was Jellicle. Jellicle, after six months working with them. Six months. Yeah. A lot of times people tell me like, yo, I've been working with these guys for a year or two. And it's just now that I got a slot by Life of Color. Yo, You've been working here for six, six months yeah. and you already got a Life of Color slot. And, and I'm like, if memory, if memory serves right, that cinema slot that you went back to back with Otterji was that. That crowd was huge. <laughs> yeah. For the time, for yeah. the time slot. I was like, shit, man. Yeah. Basically, yeah. so like it only took me a like I can't I keep telling people I'm living proof the fuck the fact that I worked my ass off and did what it takes just to get to what I where I want to be and I ended up to play on a show that nobody knows yeah, who the exactly, fuck I was dude. and play a life in color and continue to say exactly. still playing on mm -hmm. these shows with these guys. Like, if I can do it, what's your excuse? Why can't you do it? And this is coming from someone that I had no... had At that time, I wasn't working. I didn't have my Clevelander job at that time. And I was going from my savings account, from my credit cards, building bottom. up building up <laughs> credit card debt like shit. But I, I was hungry. I wanted it. Yeah. I wanted to exactly. get it because I set myself, I'm going to do everything what it takes to get there. I network with people. I met a lot of people. I worked my ass off. I got myself some, some amazing fans and shows. I took pictures. I gave merch out. Like I did everything, bro. That I, and I loved it, bro. That I, and exactly. And now I'm back here in the podcast telling my story and letting everybody know. It's like, guys, like if I can do it, someone that had zero backgrounds here in Florida, like zero, and just came from a small island in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. just to come over here and perform on a fucking festival the first the first time, you know, in the first year yeah. that's ever come here. If I can do it, why can't you? Anybody. Yeah, anybody can. And I can I, I don't want to say I can 100 percent relate to like you not knowing anyone, because, again, I was like you said, I was or like I said, I was born here. So it's a little different. Mm -hmm. But when I was in middle school and high school, I was the only one listening to like. Yeah. Relics and yeah. all this shit. Like I was like that weird kid that mm -hmm. listened to this shit. So once like I I was like almost done with high school, I was, I was finally like you know able to like go out to events and like actually like 
meet so at least a friend that also liked the same music because they're there. And from there, you make more friends because that person yeah. has friends and stuff like that. So it's, it's not impossible even. And I used to be way less outgoing than I was like mm. really, really shy in high school. So like I had to really like if I if I want to meet other people and this was before the mentality of like performing or becoming like the fucking, you know, a top headlining artist or anything right, like right. that. I was like, if I want to do anything with this, I have to make I have to meet other people that also like this music and like, yeah. you know get out there i yeah. have to do it if i want it i agree and so like if like you said if and this doesn't apply just to music or to anything uh in general like this applies to everything if you really want it work for it and nothing can stop you except for yourself i agree bro it doesn't matter which showing industry. up showing yeah. and the the biggest thing to 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 remember because a lot of people always like oh it's not that easy showing up is half the battle. Mm -hmm. So like I'm guilty for it too. But when you say you have productions block, like producers block, for example, or writers block, like mm. just opening your DAW makes a significant difference. Even if you can't write anything, work on something else, now, but just put in the time. That, that's very interesting because I was actually going to ask you about that, about what is your creative process? when it comes to when you open up your DAW and start making music? It depends because... <laughs> I mean, I feel like with everyone, uh, everyone has their own different ways. And sometimes every like sometimes us, your way is like very random or maybe other people think it's random. Mm. But sometimes either and very rarely, actually, I'll have a melody in mind or something like that. I actually just started like doing that more like just like singing or humming to like my phone, like random like rhythms or just like bass sounds. And I'm like, huh, I can not not just only resample it but i can also like you know take this listen to it and like okay this is an idea and now let me like translate this on ableton to like other things yes. so i never really have a, a genre in mind but typically i am trying to produce uh something that i would like to put out even if it's not like game changing i'm not gonna like you know not i guess finish it or like put it out like i'll still have it because i liked it and I, I worked on it I, I'll either have something in mind or not. And typically when I don't, I'll just sample search and see what I like and see what I can get together. But something that I've learned recently that has helped me out a lot with my songwriting decisions or at least song starting decision is every song will always have a drum pattern. So if you can at least figure out a drum pattern, that's cool. And then you can get a, this is like, if you're making bass music, if you can figure out like very first thing you open your DAW, a good drum pattern with a good sub you off the bat have something that you didn't have like five minutes ago 10 minutes ago however long so that's i i take that route sometimes i'll work uh straight from the drums i'll work straight into like the melody or intro or the drop i will say thinking about it now i tend to work on my intros a lot more and i think it's mainly because of stuff like my metal influences mm -hmm. where the the intros of metal songs are like i wouldn't say longish like you know really long but like there's different sections it doesn't just like 20 seconds and we're like already like on the course or like the breakdown like most dubstep or rhythm songs right that like you know it's 16 bars intro and like eight of those 16 bars is already the build up and like that drops right in your face. I also like think a lot of influence from like just starting with the intro is like listening to a lot of melodic music, stuff like Elenium, stuff like, you know, just that world that I, I genuinely also like listening to. I feel like if you can start your song really well off with like a good intro, like right. your drop, if you can make the, the drop, like catch the vibe, it doesn't even have to be that crazy. You don't have to be the next like sound design wizard. If the drop like matches the vibe of the intro and the intro is really good or the melody was really good, you know, I'm not saying disregard your drops like sound design or anything like that, but I, I guess I come more from an intro perspective because it's the first thing someone's gonna listen when they hear the song. Yeah, but like like then the first five the, seconds, yeah, and the exactly. doesn't like it. He's gonna like exactly, exactly. Next. You took my and took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, that's that's because of that that has even translated to my DJing where I'm super, 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 super picky with what I play out mm. from like drop to even intro. I'll, I usually like to like 
the intro will be like a mashup that I made or like a song of mine or something like that. But even then, like I'm very specific with what I played the rest of the set, like because of that uh, ideology that comes from my production. Because if you play something that's crap, the crowd is going to catch on and they're going to yeah. be like, well, like, you know, this isn't any good. And then your crowd just died. Basically, you know. Now, when it comes to like the the writer's block myth, or if, if it's a myth or not, do you believe in writer's block? And if it's so, what do you do to to combat it? I think that's a yes and no question for me. Mm-hmm. I think you have to you have to put into perspective into a lot of things when you have a writer's block. When you have a writer's block, what's in mind? Like, are you looking to make a banger? Because if so, like you're not gonna get a banger, like off the bat like it doesn't happen every day and you have to remind yourself you're not going to write a banger every day and if even if you want to because you definitely can get to that point you have to put in that practice of already being on your DAW every day if you have writer's block or not because you have to remember when you get to the point at like nitty's career for example like that is your source of income you can't just be like i'm not going to put out a song for a very long time because you probably also have deadlines for other shit that you're working on too So you have to like, I guess a way to combat it, if you want to say that you really do have writer's block, is you have to remember that if you make it more strict, I guess, and I don't want to say think of it as like a job, but like think of it as like, you know, schedule a piece of time in your day to do this, even if you have a block or not. Yeah. If you like build it into your schedule, like you will probably deal with it a lot less if that makes any sense. Once you build the habit of being on your DAW, even if you can't write something, you're going to be like, well, I don't have to write something right now because I can just work on something else inside my DAW because this is my time to work with my DAW and make something or like work on something, whether it's sound design, making a melody or sample selection, which I think is very important. Like if you like to like search for samples on Splice, you can dedicate your audio piece of time in that day to just looking for samples and like maybe even a sample will help you get out of your said block and i know a lot of people which i i feel like a lot of people hate on the whole sampling thing but even people like peekaboo who have admitted yeah. it yeah like, you know like if i have even heard on a liquid stranger i think it was the liquid stranger and zed's dead collab that came out a year or two ago or maybe it was i think it was ganja white knight and liquid i don't remember it's called jungle or something like that the right. intro is literally a loop from the cashmere pack and when i when i was scrolling through the cashmere pack i was like wait a minute what is this it sounds very familiar and i immediately heard the song and i was like yo it doesn't matter who cares if it sounds good it sounds good you know if it sounds good it sounds good and that's no. another thing too with when you have a writer's block mm. if you don't think it sounds good you have to also remember that someone else might think it sounds good. Mm, elaborate that. You like when, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but for example, when I produce, I want everything to be perfect. Right. But sometimes my level of perfection isn't someone else's level per, of perfection, especially if they're not even a producer. If they listen to the same type of music and they dig it, then maybe you are just overthinking it. Mm. And then that kind of, if you were, I think that's the biggest thing about um, this whole producer writer's block is just overthinking it. Yeah. If you're overthinking it, if you have something that you wrote out and you're like, this is just garbage, send it to a friend. And maybe it, maybe they're a producer, maybe they're not. If they like it, the idea, they're like, okay, this is like cool. You know, like maybe you're just being too harsh on yourself. I agree. Yeah. That's a, that's a, Another great perspective to look at it, you know, and and let me circle back a bit for the the sample park. Um, be, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, um, sampling is being well and known by in the industry for many, 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 many years. Like guys, everybody Yo, copies from even everybody. Hip hop. Oh Let's my god! About the hip hop world. Come on, rap, bro. Like you know, everybody's. Let me let me let me put it That's, this simple way. Future song, Mask Off, like Mask Off, Mask oh, Off. That whole flute is a fucking loop of an old, old, old song. He, no, they just speed up the tempo song. and pitch it and that's it. They just looped there's it around. A, there's another song, I think, by ASAP Rocky that has a, a flute 
melody on it and it's it's from one of his tapes that has a bunch of rappers in it but that song the entire like melody like the flute thing is a loop from logic like the dog and believe it or not and i learned this at sa through the teachers when they were like you know when when someone had asked them the sampling question Mm -hmm. that it's like yo like most of these songs are apple loops from logic believe it or or splice loops believe it or not guys like and people would never figure that out until you tell them it's like yeah like that's a sample for this pack or and then like like you were saying it goes beyond that as well like you know like sampling other songs like especially like er, like early electronic music would sample a whole whole lot of disco oh yeah like the old school uh, edm bro before it was called edm it was electronic dance music like yeah they used to sample a lot in the disco ele- stuff even just electronica like yeah you know? like, and then hip-hop as well hip-hop samples hip-hop goes beyond bro disco. like they go they they you they slap it into your face like yeah we sample it. everything yeah yeah like it'll be like a old jazz song from like way back and like it, they compress it, they get rid of the, the low, and like you know they loop it, it makes it sound good. Bro, the, the Kanye beat is actually crazy. Kanye West song Gold Digger. No, yep, you know, <laughs> like, like what the fuck? Meek Mill's um, album, the fir- the intro was from a Phil Collins aired in the night. Like you know? they they these hip hop artists, they slap it to your face. But but like guys, I know maybe maybe for your moral ground, like oh sample sampling is like oh that's not creative, Copy but. Case. But guys, maybe it is created in some ways. It See, is created because if you use it the, the right thing, way, the thing, exactly, exactly. It's all about doing it the right way because I feel like when someone says like the bad stigma behind sampling is someone thinks you just grab this, do that, nothing. You just drag and drop it. But there's a whole lot of it that goes into it. Yeah, I wouldn't say all the time, but you, if you really want to get creative with it to get past that moral thing post-process to a whole bunch of things reverse it inverse it you know like maybe write out the melody of the loop on the piano roll and like arpeggiate it you know like sampling Fre- doesn't just go beyond shifter. yeah like yeah just- sampling doesn't just go beyond putting it on your DAW and then putting a drum beat over it it goes way beyond that yeah that see that's the part when i tell people it's like yo my method of sound designing is basically resample like yeah like it's, give me give me a sample like a shot like a drum loop or a bass loop whatever i'll post process it like it, so it many works, times yeah like i'll resample the shit out of it to the point like you would never know i got this sound from a for a sample loop exactly. you will never know exactly. like and and you said it before peekaboo peekaboo basic has has openly admitted it that he samples and i remember that he once did a a fucking drum he, out of a fucking snare loop or a drum loop, something like yeah. that. It was just like I think I saw it. And that dude made like one of the biggest songs of 2018, G Rex Baba Tunde. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you just have to be creative about it. Just like use that I think creativity. The thing about it, if if you're producing, and I think this is like a, a biggest thing that a lot of people don't put into perspective. Unless you went to audio school, perhaps you're more mm-hmm. aware of it. Close your eyes. Does it sound good? That's all that matters. Mm. It's that's all that. And you can apply that to everything from like, you know, if you're doing a technical melody or like yeah. you're sampling or you're mixing and mastering, if you think you're compressing too little or too much, close your eyes, listen to what you're listening to. Do you like it? Does it sound good? That's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you like took this from that. Unless, like, you know, for legal reasons and you haven't cleared a, a sample from, like, an old song, that's totally different. That's a different story. Know? That's that's a part yeah. in which, like, you have to get involved with lawyers and... Yeah, the, exactly. And the but if you're just using creator, a sample pack or something exact, like that... Exactly. That you pay for, that's legal for exactly. you to use, that's royalty-free, exactly. that nobody's going to come to you. Obviously, just fucking okay. use it. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's, it's Spice a, it's, is it's there. utility. Yeah, it's, it's a utility. Look at it as a utility toolbox. It's a toolbox for your arsenal. Like you're gonna, mm-hmm. you may not use all your toolbots, but you may That's use like some splice. of them. Yeah. That's why I like Splice because you can like choose what you want instead of uh, 
I, I instead of downloading the whole live, pack for it, you know, I could yeah, just like pre-splice, you know, pre-splice, you would have to pay 80 bucks plus yeah, for an entire sample pack that you're going to use maybe five samples. Five, yeah, yeah, basically, you know. <laughs> maybe but, you'll use the effects too, you know, for background maybe, stuff. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but in, in regards to not to sound designing, do you believe that sound designing is a luxury or a necessity for an up-and-coming producer? For up-and-coming, it's not a necessity. I feel like you should learn mm. as an up-and-coming. Like, you're getting into production. The biggest thing, especially if you want to think about the long run, because you can also think about the long run about this, is songwriting. Songwriting above everything. Because if you sound design something cool, Mm-hmm. but your song structure makes no sense because you're not good at sound writing or sorry, songwriting. Um, your melody is just like not on point because you mainly just have only been practicing sound designing. That's a problem. You know, that means now I can only play your drop, mm-hmm. which is good in some cases. But like if, if for example, you're striving for your song to get played out in general, you would want like at least half of the song to be, able to be fully played out drop aside so i feel like song structure and songwriting is very important and i think a lot of new up-and-comers overlook that a lot i mean even what if i've always believed that sound designing should be a necessity for you if you're if you're becoming a bass producer like if you're a house guy yeah or a trance or techno like 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 you don't really need to sound design like because it's just you can use presets, you know, and you'll be okay. But as a bass producer, when the genre itself is very oversaturated and it's very competitive, like sure. you want to try to For avoid sure. sounding the same as but others. That's where you actually come out as, you know, yourself as For unique. Sure, yeah. I think though, when when you're starting out, when when you're jumping straight into okay, I have like, you know, I finally have my DAW, I have some samples from like maybe a friend gave you a sample pack or maybe like on splice you found a few that you like you coming into the world of sound designing can come off as really overwhelming especially when you're a beginner i mean i wouldn't put it as like that should be your first priority be a a sound designer like no like if you're if you don't know anything about production and you want to learn how to make music i would put sound designing a little bit later on later on i feel like yeah like after your beginning, like your beginning, yeah, like introduction, yeah, to once, this once, crazy world, yeah, once you learn how to properly sound, uh, how to build a because song can, structurally when, wise, yeah, then, exactly. then you can start, you know, learn how to post process, how to play exactly. stuff, exactly. Okay, now then you can get into the nitty gritty stuff into sound designing. Once you get into mm-hmm. sound design, then get into mixing and mastering, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to limit yourself to sound designing uh, with like a synthesizer no, or no, like, no. you know, like anything like that or a VST. You can, you know, anything. like you were saying, post post processing is a part of sound designing. I agree. Yeah, I mean that's why you they call it resampling because you know, mm-hmm. all resampling is just basically your post processing. You know, whatever the sound you over put, and over and over. Just, yeah, just over and, and over. The crazy thing about it is that's that's become the future of most of dubstep right now. I've like talked, I've had when early pandemic, um, I, do you know Spud? Who? Wayne, Wayne Spud. He's also one of the heads of powerhouse. No, it has to be right after I left probably or a little bit later okay. on, you know? So him and I would, uh, we had a chance to do, um, a one-on-one, well, technically two-on-one cause we were together, but the artist was okay. Mm-hmm. We did that with, with bad clap and we did it with Samplifier and they were like, yo, like resample, like resampling is really like, actually like, don't get stuck with the MIDI like serum yeah. or like massive or whatever. Like, don't like, it goes beyond that. You don't have to stop. You don't, you don't have to go beyond that if you don't want to. Mm. But if you want to make some crazy cool shit and you can't like do anything in serum, you can just add a bunch of different shit on top of it, resample it, keep doing it, reverse it, you know, like expand it, find like cool little loops. I, I learned that originally first more uh, at Lost Lands 2019. They had a producer's den, mm-hmm. which I think is a really cool thing. Certain festivals are doing now. They have like a little like production corner add on that you can buy. Um, mm-hmm. 
So like it was like mine that the the day and time that I picked was I think Friday or Saturday, but like in the morning before the festival even starts. So you go there and they'll have like certain DJ or producers like speak for like an hour, like sometimes like at, at that time they only did a uh, two per time slot that you can choose in the day. So I got lucky to hear like and see on a big green, not green screen, like a big uh, TV thing that they had on display uh, connected to his laptop. Uh, it was, uh, he was just like, it was Tynan talking about like resampling and stuff like that. And it was on Ableton, which helped me out a lot, translate yeah. it into my production because I use Ableton. But like, you know, like resampling is actually very useful. Yeah, it is. It really and, is. Like, you know, you don't, like I said, uh, when I was saying about the, the serum and the massive, like, you don't have to just post process and resample that you can post process and resample an actual sample like we were talking about earlier if you're getting into like sound designing at the beginning i you agree know? yeah one of the things i've learned from mode step shout out to my brothers josh and pad and also from um, crimson shout shout out to yashar about the art of a resampling if you know if you want to make your sound very unique and at the same time cohesive with your drop Take one sound, whether it's a sample from Splice or or you just made a, a simple sound from Serum, whichever mm -hmm. VST, whatever. Now, try to make a drop out of that one sound and, you know, do a lot of post-processing and a lot of resampling and then just fuck it up like four, six, seven times out of that one yeah. sound and now make a drop out of it. Like have that as, have one part as a stab, have one part as a, like a lube, have right. this part yeah. as a, as a breather. Get as that a, one sound to sound like different things. Yeah. Get that thing. And That's before cool. you know I'm it, try that. before you know it's it, when something. you hear your drop, it may, you, it may sound like there's like a lot of different sounds but it all came from that one sound that you made and it, that, and it sounds cohesive good. and it sounds yeah, like, it's like it was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, Cause you, you literally have control over this one sound. Exactly. And everything came from this one sound. So it's just way more organized. I'm actually going to start doing that more now that I think about that. <laughs> Try it out, bro. That's it's cool. actually pretty cool. Like, and also like, if you don't have this VSD, like, Try out um Portal and Fracture. I have it. I'm, oh, you have Portal? I, I have Portal. I don't have Fracture. You can get Fracture, Fracture for free. Um, glitch machines. Okay. But there's like yeah, a Portal, Portal. What I like to use for Portal is strictly slap it and resample it. Yeah. Because if you keep it as MIDI, it's useless. <laughs> yeah, bro. But you get so much crazy shit that doesn't. You don't even have to stop at bass sounds. You can like stabs, vocal stuff, like drum stuff, like there's everything. That's a good point though. Like using shit that you normally wouldn't use to do something else, mm -hmm. you know, like don't like, I, I want to say like, you know, use get trash too. I don't know if you have trash. Too. Yeah, I have trash. Too. And instead of like normally like saturated to make it a little warmer, just like oversaturate where it sounds like a blown off speaker resample it do something else to it maybe toss another trash too to give it a different sound bro that use, you wouldn't have gotten use corpus uh, ableton stop plug corpus, corpus is amazing use yeah. the frequency shifter use um frequency shifter e echo use um, um the lfo the like ring, ring mod on the frequency shifter. yeah like like there's so many things even with stop plugging yeah like there's so many exactly. cool things that it's limitless at that point, you know, like yeah. now you're you don't need a And even if you wanted a sound design with a, with a synth, uh, Ableton has one, the, the wave tabler or the, the simpler. Tabler, yeah. Yeah. Basically it, and you got, it's, it, that's what I love about Ableton It's very user-friendly and it's very, very limitless. Organized. Yeah. Organized and limitless. Like you, the audio, the style of audio manipulation that you can do in, uh, in Ableton is much more, free will and limitless and then like logic or pro tools or free loads or anything like I, you can do so I, much more in ableton that you couldn't get this oh, in logic or in free loads i don't think there's another doll where you can do a live performance in yeah that yeah and that's and another crazy, aspect the, yeah the, the crazy thing about ableton is in the live view you can also make a beat like that yeah you that is make, true you don't have to do like a producer on the the you know, sideways view. I always forget what it's called. It's a, um, a range view and clip view. 
yeah so in the arrangement view i that's what i typically use mm -hmm. but you don't have to just stick to that to make a song and oh, i think yeah. that's crazy i think it's like awesome that you can do that like you said limitless that's what it is man that's why i always encourage people to get ableton man it's like it's very <laughs> user friendly and just bro it's just and i always tell people you don't have to ditch your dog like you can be using both if you want for a little while i was using fl and ableton because there were certain stuff that you couldn't get on ableton that fl had mm -hmm. like but now you can 100 if you want to you can buy those things right i mean i but, i used to have the pro tools and logic but then when i realized like i i can basically mix and master and record vocals on ableton i really don't need the other two does exactly even though and ableton's been making it easier and easier every year like, yeah with the new ableton they added uh vocal comping finally i'm like okay so now i really don't have to use pro tools and and they also added the the key system now like now yeah, the, like if you want to play a certain key it'll highlight the notes that it only allows you to play on that key yeah just like Which literally make great. producers for dummies you know it's like i could make a, a banger Does, because doesn't get any easier than this now <laughs> yeah no like, uh, now you just have to put on the work and that's it exactly yeah exactly I was going to say, is this, there's no DAW even doing that right now, I think, no. where they just like, all right, production for dummies. <laughs> yeah, no, bro. Like, not even Fruity Loots or Logic has that, has that power or that capability, you know? Like, Ableton just yeah. literally make it, made it way easier for everybody to just, just, like, do it, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, we're going to, we got a few more questions before we wrap this up, okay? So, sure. one of these is why did you decide to call yourself bats or oh, is it Batsel? so how do you Maxel, pronounce it? yeah how do you pronounce Maxel. Batsel? okay why is it yeah. that you choose that name Batsel? the name has no meaning behind it like mm -hmm. in in terms of like why i chose those letters it's it's literally made to be random mainly because at the time when i started production i was like what do i want to call myself i didn't want to use i did use my full name for a while but i was like if i want to further do this i don't want to use my full name for a whole like you know like legal reasons in the future and stuff like that and also i just didn't want to do that route anyways like you know martin garrix where he uses his full name mm. and then i was like let me like try to come up with something that has meaning or maybe like a saying that sounds cool i kind of went with the saying that like like thinking of something that sounds cool mainly because i really like skrillex and how the name skrillex like like what does skrillex even mean like it's just a bunch of letters put together that sounds yeah. like cool so you know i kind of went with that route and i was like i i like it it sounds off the the ring of the like it just rolls off your tongue yeah. and it was it wasn't just me i was it was me brainstorming with a friend i was like fuck dude like what should i even call myself like i feel like something with a v and an x would like you know sound futuristic and cool i guess that's something else i was trying to think of too something that sounds futuristic so i just came up with Baxel randomly okay what has been your greatest accomplishment up to this point playing in other cities now because i've been playing in miami for like oh, like you know since i started because this is where i'm from you're not going to yeah. be playing in other cities unless you have a second place in another city right. or something like that or you travel off into that place so i uh playing forbidden kingdom in orlando like i was like whoa this is like the next step i'm not even in south florida this is central florida now so I think playing year three of Forbidden Kingdom was big for me. That's pretty dope, man. What are you currently doing and what do you hope to accomplish? Right now, I've just, uh, like I said earlier, I'm not working in the studio anymore, but I am still doing audio gigs on the side, specifically mixing and mastering. I've mainly taken this time being out of the studio. I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that my dad has his own company so we like i do contracting stuff with him mm. but it's it's allowed me to have a little more um less strain with my audio stuff because when you work at a studio i don't know about you but i would just by the time i get home i don't want to touch ableton yeah now i'm like this is what like now that i'm not working in an audio like profession mm -hmm. i want to get home and i want to spend as much time as possible on production because this is what I want to do. So I mainly have just been like working with my dad, making money and just like Ableton. <laughs> get on, get on that ground in Ableton, man. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Um, One last question here. We can wrap this up, man. 
Um, yeah. Let's just say that there's this alien mothership that that just came down to you, and they're telling you, "Yo, we need your help. We need your uh -huh. help. Only you, only you can help us, man." Um, but before you come and help us, man, here's a piece of paper. Write free advice that you'll give to someone. What are those free pieces of advice? I wouldn't say plan for the future, but think about the future when you're going to do something like mm -hmm. that you're going to throw yourself at. Like, don't think about just the now. Think about like, you know, five years from now, how we were talking about earlier. Yeah, definitely. Don't stop believing in yourself, because if you stop believing in yourself, you know, you're going to stop doing what you're thriving to do. Like, you know, how we said earlier, you're the only thing that can hinder yourself is yourself. Yeah. And then the third piece of advice, be mindful, help others around you. Because I want to say your community per se, the people you keep around you mm -hmm. as a whole are not to sound bad, are kind of more important than just you. You are a unit, you know? So, you know, be mindful, help, uh, help your friends, help each other, help people around you is very important. I think you know, being a lone wolf, you know, like not caring for others is, it doesn't get you far in life in general. It's a, you know, music wise or not, you know, it's a very lonely life. <laughs> it is. I can tell you from past experience, it is, man. So you can never um, fight this battle by yourself, man. You, you definitely need others exactly. to be around, you know, others that can support you all the way. You know, if you do this by yourself, it's a battle that you will never win. And it will take you to a dark place that you that you didn't need to go there, you know. Go there for no reason. For no reason. So I agree, man. And and all of, above all, guys, you know, be patient. Your time will come, man. You just just for don't sure. stop. Just don't stop grinding. Just keep keep on working and play the long run because it will pay off. It's not worth playing the short term because the short term will give you short results and then sweet nothing. Yeah. yeah. Better sweet, better, yeah. bitter sweet nothing, basically. Bittersweet, yep, yeah, definitely. Because once it's gone, it's gone. There is no pathway that you built there. You just went from A to B. There was nothing in between that. I agree. And then be humble, guys. Yeah. Be humble. You know, humble, 100%. humble doesn't cost you anything, man. Just be a great person. Don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a shitty person. Just be a nice person. Be grateful for everything and be humble about it. You know, and just like, and help others. There's, there's nothing wrong to help others. In fact, you never know by helping someone that certain someone can help exactly. you in the future. You know, it happens. That's two things I said. <laughs> be mindful of your community, like helping people out. Yeah. Think about the future, man. I agree, bro. So, yeah. so that's all. Thank you very much for coming into the show, man. We had a nice long you, chat, bro. man. And this was amazing, man. I really appreciate you. I had a good time. Up. This is the first time I ever do a podcast and probably one of the most in-depth audio conversations I've had in like at least a while. Probably if not like, you know, like the most in-depth conversation about this stuff that's dope man um this is what i'm trying to do man come come over here to the show and then let's talk about it man let's talk about all the shit that we're dealing with let the people know you know this is what we're dealing for and anybody comes over here let's just have a fun conversation man this is this is what it's all mm -hmm. about man so before we leave plug yourself out let the people know where they can follow you and expect uh, the next song that you're releasing so social media, Twitter and Instagram, it's just official Vaxel, official B-A-X-L-E. Um, you should expect my next release probably around mid to end of September, just because of uh, the distributors that, you know, it takes a while to send that even when you're doing uh, independent music, mm. like on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, so yeah, sometime around mid end of September, it's going to be... Probably one of my heaviest, craziest tracks that I've written. Yeah. And then that's everything. Thank you for tuning in and for having me. You know, uh, you're welcome. Man. It's thank been fun. You. Thank you for coming in, man. And thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and of course, the YouTube channel at lonewolfpod.com that's lone w-o-l-v pod.com 
Help me out, guys. Let's get to 100 subscribers. You know, let's get this fucking YouTube podcast started popping. Let's get it out there, man. Once oh, yeah. we get there, I man, agree. I'll give out one of my songs and I'll dissect it and I'll give feedbacks. We'll make a rematch competition. I'll do a one-on-one session, whatever it is, guys. Let's, we'll celebrate Advice, that, right? You know? Absolutely, oh, yeah. guys. Comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experience. If you guys got a certain topic that you want me to cover or you want Batsu to cover, please let me know on the on the comments down below and we can probably talk about that on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.